Hey everyone, welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. Our prayer is that through this message, you will find the Father, a family, and a fulfilling future. Be sure to connect with us online at Cornerstone Church Social to keep up with all things Cornerstone. Thanks for tuning in. Well, what's going on, Cornerstone? Wherever you're at, make some noise. If you are excited for worship today, I wanna see it in the comments. Why don't you post like little praise hands, little thumbs up, little fire emoji, whatever, if you are excited for worship today. And let's give it up for our worship team as well for leading us so well in worship today. Man, I'm excited to preach. Uh, It's been like exactly a month since I've preached, so Bear with me, I might need to knock some rust off, I don't know, (laughs) we will find out soon enough. Uh, Man, not only am I excited for worship, I'm just in general, just excited to be a part of Cornerstone, aren't you? Like, isn't it just, there's something going on in our church. Like there really is, there's something going on in our church. God is moving. I am just so uh, thrilled to be a part of it, honored to be a part of it. It actually makes me think, before I really get into the message, I wanted to, uh, Read this real quick from Isaiah chapter 43. Uh, Isaiah is a prophet of God. Uh, uh, This is someone who God would speak to and then he would share it with the people. And this is something that God spoke to Isaiah whenever he was uh, uh, wanting to encourage his people while they were in the midst of exile. The, The nation of Israel had been expelled from their nation. They were taken captive by the Babylonians. And this is what God wanted Isaiah to tell his people. And I feel like even though this is God speaking to Israel, this is God also speaking to us in a lot of ways uh, through the ages. This is what God says. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. God is talking about the, the crossing of the Red Sea and how he destroyed the entire Egyptian army in that moment. And then this is what he says. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. I love that because God is specifically saying, hey, remember what I've done? Remember how I laid waste to this army? Remember how I split the sea in front of you? You remember all that? Forget it. That was nothing compared to what I'm going to do. That's nothing compared to what I have in mind for you. And I think about that with us as a church, we're in the wilderness right now, right? To a a degree, we're in a wilderness. We, We don't have a church building. We've been trying to exist and thrive in the midst of this pandemic. And I feel like in so many ways, God is saying to us, hey, I know that it's easy to think about the glory days and oh, they, they were back there whenever you guys had your building and all this different stuff. You think that was good? Just wait until you see what I'm gonna do. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And I wanna say, I perceive it. If you perceive it, you put that in the comments. Say, I see it. I see it too. I see the new thing that's happening. I'm just so excited. I know God's doing some amazing things in our church and this is just the start of it. So wherever you're at, would you pray with me real quick? Let's just say thank you to God for what he has been doing. Father God, we are just blown away at your goodness. You are just amazing. The things that you are doing through Cornerstone Church, the way that you are working uh, uh, through us, through your body to extend the kingdom of God into new areas. Uh, Man, I think about even the fact that we aren't meeting right now. In some ways, we are having more influence right now than we ever did when we were meeting in person. 
We're reaching people. There are people right now watching this video who have never stepped inside our building, but they are about to hear a word from God today for the first time. And it's because of you and what you're doing through our church. God, we wanna be a part of it. We don't wanna pray ourselves out of this season too quick. We wanna thrive in the midst of it. So God, use us as your church, use us as your vessel, uh, even in the midst of this pandemic to further the kingdom. We are so excited, so thrilled to be a part of what you're doing. Continue to use us, Lord. We love you so much. We pray this in your name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, last week, Pastor Brenda kicked off this new series, Wisdom, for us. Hashtag wisdom. Uh, we've been talking about what wisdom really looks like, what godly wisdom actually looks like in our lives. Uh, we're kind of in a period of time now, though, where like the hashtag wisdom, everyone's an expert, right? Like everyone's an expert. All you got to do is, is sign on social media, log on to Twitter, and the one thing, you, you may follow a bunch of people, that's like me. I follow, you know, people who, uh, you know, cooks, and I follow athletes, and I follow reporters, I follow Democrats and Republicans, I follow everything. The only thing that is in common between all those people is they're all experts. Like everybody is an expert, right? Everyone's an expert on social media. But if you're anything like me, you need real experts. Like you need real wisdom because life is hard right now. Life is very difficult. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world and you need true wisdom, true godly wisdom to help navigate it, navigate this new normal that we're in and to really thrive during this period of time so that once we're out on the other side of this pandemic, we're all in a better place than we were going into it. And we're not gonna get that from just your normal social media uh, gurus, your, your social media experts, right? The stuff that, that you're seeing and you're reading out there, it's not true wisdom. It's not true wisdom. What we need is true godly wisdom. And Pastor Brenda kind of uh, shined a light on what that looks like last week. So let's take a look real quick. This is what attributes of wisdom look like. This is what we talked about last week. Wisdom is pure, it's peace-loving, it's gentle, it's considerate, it's submissive, it's merciful, it's impartial, it's sincere. These are the attributes of true wisdom. Now, I want you to just for a second, this is gonna be hard to do, but just for a second, try to imagine if every single person in just the United States, just the United States, every single person who claimed Jesus Christ to be their Lord and their Savior, saying, hey, I am following Jesus, if we truly exemplified God's wisdom in our life. Try to imagine that for a second and then imagine how different our nation would be. Imagine how different our nation would look if just the people, not, not a single person who doesn't claim Jesus, just us who say he's our Lord, if, if we had his wisdom, if we were pure, if we were peace-loving, if we were gentle, considerate, submissive, merciful, impartial, and sincere, we would see a gigantic shift almost overnight in our local governments, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, it would be incredible. So why don't we? <laughs> why, why don't we see that change? Why, why don't we see things change? Because I mean, if you're following the news, things are pretty tough out there in a lot of areas. Things aren't going too well. And so if there's all of us who claim to be Christians, I mean, worldwide, there's 2 billion people who profess to be Christian, 2 billion, that's a lot. <laughs> If two billion of us are professing that, why is the world the state it's in? If this should be the hallmark of our life, of our wisdom, of our thought process. You wanna know why? It's actually very simple. Here's the thing. Attaining and applying God's wisdom in our life, attaining and applying this, doesn't happen by accident. 
It does not happen by accident. We don't get God's wisdom and we don't actually apply it in our lives just on accident, like, whoops, I, I didn't mean to, <laughs> but I've been living a really godly life, a, a life full of wisdom. It does not happen by accident. Everything that you want in life, everything you want, everything I want in life that is worthwhile is uphill. Everything, it's all uphill. If it's going to make a difference in my life, if I'm going to live on purpose, it does not happen by accident. So my family, we just went to the Outer Banks uh, in North Carolina for vacation just a little bit ago. Uh, and I wanna tell you, we didn't get there by accident. <laughs> like we didn't accidentally arrive in North Carolina. There was a lot of planning, a lot of preparation, a lot of doing things on purpose to get us there, right? We, we had to act on purpose. We had to act with intention. We didn't just teleport there. <laughs> like we had to drive 600 miles with two kids and a baby. Let me tell you something. You don't go anywhere on accident with a baby in the car. Like <laughs> everything is purposeful. Everything is purposeful, especially if you're driving 600 miles, right? You don't get anywhere worthwhile. We didn't get to the beach on accident. You get places that are worthwhile in life through purpose, through intention, through meaning to get there. And so if you want wisdom in your life, if I want wisdom in my life, we are not gonna get there by accident. We're not gonna miraculously end up in a place in life where we have godly wisdom uh, just defining every word that we say and every action that we make. We have got to do things through intention, through action. This is what it says in Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3 verses 1 through 6 are going to be kind of our uh, verses that we're going to focus in on today. This is what the writer says in Proverbs chapter 3. My son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. I don't know about you, I want that. <laughs> I want peace and I want prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you, Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. You see, the writer is starting off right here, letting us know, hey, what I'm about to tell you is crucial. <laughs> like the words I'm about to drop, this is pure wisdom. This is what wisdom looks like. And I don't want you to forget it. Not only do I not want you to forget it, I want it to be ingrained in you. I think it's very telling that the author here in Proverbs says, heart twice, Right, So here at the beginning, don't forget my teaching, keep my commands in your heart. And then again at the end, write them on the tablet of your heart. I believe that is very purposeful, that he is focusing on the idea of putting God's wisdom, God's precepts of what wisdom look like, not in your mind. That's normally what we think about wisdom, right? We think wisdom is intellect and it's information. But the writer here is saying, no, 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 no. I don't want intellect and wisdom and logic I want you to write these commands, God's wisdom, on the tablet of your heart. Write them on your heart. Why is he saying that? What, what does that mean? Well, the heart, that's where our emotions lie, right? That's what the heart symbolizes. It symbolizes our, our emotions and our feelings. And whenever I think about my own emotions and feelings, maybe this is true with you too. I'm sure it is because you're a human like me. <laughs> so I imagine this is the same experience for you. My emotions my feelings, the way I feel about things, the way that my emotions come out, I don't really have too much say on those. They're just my emotions, right? They're like a knee-jerk reaction when something happens. That's how my emotions are. That's how my feelings are. And so what the writer is saying here is, hey, God's wisdom, God's teachings, I want it to be so ingrained in you. If you want to have a successful life, a life of peace and prosperity, if you want that God's wisdom, 
It needs to not just be something you know, it needs to be ingrained on your heart so that when stuff happens in life, which it will, your knee-jerk reaction is a godly response. I want it to be emotional. <laughs> I want it to be an emotional response, something that just happens. If something happens in your life, your natural response, your emotional response, your feelings of your response are godly. They are infused with God's wisdom. And again, that does not happen by accident. That takes diligent work on our part. This only happens through intentional daily pursuit. That's the only way we do not forget the teachings of God, the wisdom of God, but we have it a part of our heart and it is natural and it's our reaction whenever things happen. That only happens through intentional daily pursuit. So what's that look like? What's that look like? How do we intentionally pursue God's wisdom for our life? How do we intentionally do this? Since that's the key, right? Living intentionally. That's, that's one of the keys to wisdom is living each day on purpose. How do we do that? Because we need to. <laughs> I mean, every, everybody in life that you know who has a healthy marriage, who has healthy relationships, who their finances are in a good place, who their kids are succeeding and following God in their life, every single person you know that is seeing that happen, it's because they are living intentionally. They are intentionally pursuing God's wisdom in their life. So how can we do that? How can we intentionally pursue God's wisdom in our life? This is something I like to do a lot. I kind of like to start backwards and say what we shouldn't do first, because <laughs> I feel like that can kind of help sometimes clarify things. So if you want to intentionally follow and pursue God's wisdom in life, here's the first thing that we don't do. Okay, here's what we don't do. We don't ask ourselves, is this the right thing to do? That is not what you should be asking yourself. That's not what I should be asking myself. If I wanted God's wisdom in my life and I'm presented with a situation, I'm presented with a hardship, I'm presented with a decision, I should not be asking myself, okay, what's the right thing to do here? What's the thing that would be okay to do here? What's sin in this situation? That is not what I should be asking myself. This right here, this is an entry level question. This right here, this is the question that my children ask me about things. Like, is this okay? Like, am I all right to do this? Is this all right? Th that, they're six and four. <laughs> this is an entry level question. This is not the question of a wise person asking, is this right? Can I do this? Because that's essentially what this question asks, right? In my life, what can I do? What's allowed? What's permissible? What can I get away with? You see, we should be asking ourselves not a can I question, but a should I question. Like, should I do this? Should I go to that event? Should I date this kind of person? Should I consume that kind of drink? Not can, but should. We're coming up, if, if you're a Cleveland sports fan, we're coming up on a very important milestone. July 8th will be the 10-year anniversary of LeBron James' The Decision. If you know what that is, or if you don't know what that is, I'm about to get PTSD just talking about it up here. <laughs> but what that is, is LeBron James, right? He, he played for the Cleveland Cavaliers, came up to his uh, big summer where he was becoming a free agent. He could sign with any team that he wanted to. And teams were coming out of the woodwork to try to sign him, right? Like everyone's courting him and whining and dining him. And so normally what people do, normally is they just issue a release through their, like, uh, through their publicist or, or their agent saying, hey, this is where they're gonna sign. This is their intention of the team that they're gonna go to. But LeBron and his team did something different. 
They put together an hour-long TV special called The Decision, where he would make his decision live on television, right? Crazy. Like, I remember, like, I could remember where I was watching this. In our apartment at Newport Landings in Coventry, me and Jessica up there, I was painting a wall while this was all happening. After he made his decision, I finished that wall in about two seconds because I was so mad. I was just like, ah, right? Like, I just put in double-time work. (laughs) But obviously, he gets ready to make his decision, and as most people know, he did not re-sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He, He signed with the Miami Heat, said he was taking his talents to South Beach, and universally accepted Miami. In PV, even people in Miami were like, this wasn't a good idea. Like <laughs> televising this thing, like putting this on air. And I mean, they raised money for the Boys and Girls Club, which that was great. But in general, people watching this were like, this is not, a, this is not wise. Like this is not a good idea to do this. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, as they were putting together that special, pretty much every question they asked was probably a can I question. Okay, can we get ESPN to do this? Can we get the time slot? Can we get so-and-so to host it? Can we get it to be here? Can we? They were just asking, can I questions? Is this right? Can we do this? Can we do this? No one was saying, hey, 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 hold up. Should we? (laughs) Like, should we actually do this? And so it was, I mean, people panned it. People destroyed him over it. He became, he went from one of the most liked athletes to the very next year on Forbes' list of most hated athletes. He was number one. Other people on that list had been accused of murder. Think about that for a moment, right? Like he went to most hated in like the sporting world. He's obviously made a comeback. People love him now. He won a title, came back to Cleveland. But man, there was just no wisdom in that decision. He even admitted it years later that, man, if I could go back, I would have done things differently. And if he would have thought, not with a can I, but a should I thought process, I guarantee you things would have been different. So do not ask yourself anymore. You wanna be a wise person? You want wisdom to reign in your life? Stop asking if this is the right thing to do. Well, it's okay for me to go out with this person. It's okay for me to have this many drinks. It's okay for me to do X, Y, or Z. I don't care if it's okay. I don't care if you can. Should you? Should you? That is the kind of question we should be asking ourselves. So instead of this question, instead... We should ask ourselves, is this the wise thing to do? Not the right thing, is this the wise thing to do? And we should filter it through these three uh, statements. Is this the wise thing to do knowing my past life experience? Is this the wise thing to do knowing my current situation? And is this the wise thing to do knowing my future dreams and desires? Is this wise? Is this wise? We're gonna use the example of alcohol because that's one that we get asked all the time at church, right? Like people wanna know what we think about Jesus. And then question number two is like, where do you guys stand on alcohol? (laughs) Like that's a, it's a hugely important thing. Um, So I'm gonna filter this through alcohol. Cornerstone stance on alcohol. There's nothing sinful with having a drink. It's whenever we get drunk, whenever we go too far with it, that's where we enter into sin. That's where we miss the marks. That's like the cliff notes on our stance when it comes to alcohol. But let's, again, we're not asking if it's right or wrong because that's, that's an entry-level question. So we want to ask ourselves, is this wise? So if you're asking yourself, as, again, as an example, should I drink alcohol? Rather than saying, is this right? Ask, is this the wise thing to do knowing my past life experience? Maybe you're someone who, it, it, your family, you, there's a lot of people who have had alcohol addiction in your family. Is that wise then, judging off of your past Like maybe you've had past uh, substance abuse issues and so your past life experience is saying, 
yeah, technically I'm allowed to have alcohol. I can have alcohol, but should I in light of my past? My current situation, should I have alcohol in light of my current situation? Maybe you're, maybe you're dating someone and they have previous substance abuse issues. They've previously been addicted to alcohol or they've had trouble uh, uh, you know, keeping their drinks down. And so, yeah, in that situation, maybe that's not wise. Maybe you can handle it. Maybe you haven't gotten too far, but maybe you're in relationship or you're around family, around people who it's just not wise. It's right. You can do it. Sure. Can you? Yeah, you can. But should you? Is it the wise thing to do? And then the last one, is it wise in light of my future hopes and dreams? Maybe you're someone who you're like, okay, yeah, I, I've, I've got big financial goals and I'm trying to save literally every little bit of money that I can. And I know how expensive alcohol is. I know that like getting a, a $10 drink on a night can be a deal sometimes like because it's just so stinking expensive. So man, my future hopes and dreams and desires, I wanna pay stuff off early and maybe, yeah, going out on Friday with my buddies or something like that, it's just, that's not wise. Not in, in light of what I wanna achieve in my future with my dreams and desires. You see, this is what successful people ask themselves. This is what everyone you look up to, the people that we admire in their life, this is what they ask themselves. Not, is this right? Not, can I get away with it? Not, is this permissible? They say, is this wise. Not can I, should I? I want to tell you right now, this question is a game changer. It's a game changer. You want to see your life change, you will start asking yourself, is this the wise thing to do? Is, man, if we could, <laughs> before any of us are able to hit post on Facebook, I wish this could come up. Like, are you sure you want to post? Is this the wise thing to post? Like, is this the wise thing to say right now? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to say this? This is what successful people get. This is what people that we look up to and admire get. This is an absolute game changer. Because people realize, you know what? If I want to get better results in life, I want to get better results, I need to ask myself better questions. If I want better results, I need to ask better questions. I've been, uh, this year is like the uh, first year that my life feels like it's kind of settled down a little bit because me and my wife, Jessica, we've moved uh, seven times in the last nine years. I've worked different jobs. We've just kind of been all over the place and I'm a creature of habit. I don't know about anybody else. If you're a creature of habit, put it in the comments. Give, give me a little hands up so I know who my people are. I am a creature of habit. I need routine in my life. And I've just been so out of whack these last like decade, really, it feels like. And so now that I'm finally getting into routine, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna make 2020 a year where I start getting my health back into shape, gonna start working out again, start lifting and eating right. And so I've been doing that. And I use uh, different apps on my phone and I've been able to find out which apps are good and which apps are bad strictly off what questions they ask you when you start. So I would download some apps and I would get ready to start using it. And all it would ask is like, how old are you and what's your current weight? And you type those two things in. It's like, all right, here's your tailored diet plan and your tailored workout. I'm like, <laughs> over those two things? Like that's, you, you know what I should do over just my age and my weight? Like, Okay, nice, I, I guess I'll try it. And you don't really see much result. But then there's other apps that, I mean, they're, they're digging, they're asking questions. Like, yeah, they wanna know how old you are and your weight, but they wanna know like, hey, what are your goals? Like, where do you wanna be at? What kind of gym equipment do you have? Do you go to a gym? Does it have 
uh, uh, this kind of barbell? And does it have these kind of weights? Does it have kettlebells? Like it, it asks you all these things so it can truly tailor things for you. And man, I've seen great results. Like I, I've lost weight. I build muscle through those apps because of their help, because they were asking better questions of me. They were asking better questions. And so I got better results. Man, in your life, in my life, if we want better results, we need to ask better questions. Not can I, but should I? Not is this okay, is this sin, or is this not sin? But man, should I actually do this? Is this really wise? In light of where I wanna be in 10 years, is this a relationship I should get in? Not is it okay, not, not, not is it right, not am I allowed to, should I? Should I? Children only care about what they're allowed to do. Adults look ahead and they plan for the future. They ask, is this wise? We have got to start asking better questions. But here's the thing. Better questions are just the start. Better questions are just the start. It is the tip of the iceberg. Wisdom is a two-step recipe. <laughs> Wisdom is a two-step recipe. Asking better questions is great, but it is just the beginning. Anybody a note taker? Like they love taking notes? Me too. <laughs> JC's like, no, 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 no. I, I love taking notes. I, I jot notes down all the time. Um, and this isn't like saying anything bad about notes. Like I love taking notes. But they're just kind of like part of it, right? Because if you just have a bunch of, of notebooks that are filled with great ideas and, and, and like insight, that's only half of it. That's only half of it. Because what if, what if you've got all these notes about what's great and what you should do in life, but you never actually do it, right? It's like going to, imagine, imagine I buy a house, there's stark white walls everywhere. I go to Home Depot, I go to Lowe's and I buy up tons of like bare paint and I get all these beautiful colors and it's eggshell and all this different stuff. So I bring it back home. We have people over for a housewarming party and as they're walking around our house, our walls are all still white and we just got paint buckets sitting on the ground next to the wall. People are like, oh, you're getting ready to paint? Like, no, no, but I bought some paint. Did you see this color? This is like a, a real nice, like a, a real nice purple. I, I love this color. They'd be like, so you, yeah, but like, are you having a painting party or like, can we come help? Like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. I, I just bought the paint and it's just gonna, it's just gonna sit there. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, this dude is losing his mind. Like, what are you doing? But that's what we do whenever we accumulate wisdom, whenever we take notes, whenever we jot everything down, but we never actually apply it in our life. We get all this wisdom and it's all this beautiful paint that's just sitting in a bucket, never actually applied. You see, asking better questions is only part of it. Wisdom is a two-step recipe. We need to ask and then we need to act. We need to ask and then we need to act. Ask better questions. Ask, is this the wise thing to do? and then do it. <laughs> Shocking, right? Ask, is this the rise, wise thing to do? And then act, do it. Ask, get your answer, and then act. Put that in the comments. Ask, answer, act. Ask, answer, act. That is the way that we will see God's wisdom truly become a part of our lives, truly become written on our heart, become a natural reaction when stuff occurs in our life. We will start to think instinctively. Okay, I was presented with this situation. What's the wise thing for me to do here? What would be a God-honoring thing for me to do here? We get that when we ask better questions, when we get our answer, and then we actually act on what God tells us to do. Think about the, the pandemic that we're in right now, COVID-19. This pandemic, we kind of knew it was coming. Like, like the whole world, 
They've been releasing uh, articles about President George W. Bush years ago, back in 2005. Back in 2005, he, he was reading different books about different uh, viral outbreaks or, uh, throughout history. And um, he was actually saying, like he, he said in an address, if we don't act on this now, if we don't start preparing now, we are going to see something happen and it's gonna be devastating. And that was in 2005, right? Like we've known this is a thing. We have known for years that the United States, we don't produce uh, our own uh, personal productive equipment, that PPE, we don't produce it. Like we're relying on other countries and relying on their goodwill to like send us some stuff. We don't produce a lot of our own antibiotics. We don't produce these things. And we have known this for years. Republicans and Democrats have both been in the White House. They have both been in, go in government during this time. And we've done nothing to prepare for it. We knew this was coming. We had wisdom about this thing coming. We just didn't act. We had the right answers. We did nothing with it. That is because wisdom is a two-recipe ingredient, right? A two-step two recipe. We have got to get the wisdom, but that is not enough. We have got to actually act on what we find out. Without action, without action, our wisdom is useless. It's paint sitting in a bucket. It's good for nothing. We have got to ask, and then we have got to act. Back to Proverbs 3. This is what the writer finishes this, this section of verses that we're going to be looking at today. This is how he finishes it up. And we've just got a few more minutes and then I'll close this out. The writer says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. And this really sums up what we've been talking about today, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. That's, that's understanding that we don't, we don't have it all, that we don't have the answer, and that we need to ask God, God, what's the wise thing for me to do here? What's the wise thing? And then the second part, in all your ways, submit to him. Submitting, that is an action. <laughs> that's us acting. And he will make your paths straight. Back to uh, our vacation, again, we went to the Outer Banks we plotted everything out. Like I, I got everything plotted out. I was reading. I'm like, what's the best time to go uh, down there? Because you have to take 95. And so it means you're going around Washington, D.C., which is just a madhouse. <laughs> so like I'm reading and making sure that we're going to be driving through there, that by the time we get to D.C., there's no traffic and it's the best time to go uh, through there. I have an easy pass and I made sure that that was all uh, good to go so we could go through the tolls and not even have to stop. So we did all this planning, all this preparation, all this wisdom, but if we would have never gotten the car and left, what good is it, <laughs> right? If, if we wouldn't have submitted to the plan, if we wouldn't have actually put the plan into action, I could just show people like, man, this is a killer itinerary. You see what we're gonna do? You see how good this is? You see that course I plotted around DC? What good is it unless you take action? What good is it unless you actually do what you need to do with the wisdom that you have received? Trust in the Lord and then submit to him. And I love this, he will make your paths straight. What an incredible promise that God makes us. We submit our will God straightens our paths. Isn't that amazing? We submit our will, he straightens our way. Just an absolutely incredible promise that God gives us. I love this. This was actually, this was my dad's life verse, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. What it literally means 
is that as we follow God, as we follow his wisdom in our life, as we submit our will to him, our path in life, not saying it won't be uh, uh, hard at times, that we won't go through certain valleys, but it will be straight. We will know that we are walking the path that was intended for us, the path that was created for us specifically. And man, there's something about even whenever you're going through a hard time, if you know you're following God, it just, it makes it worth it. It makes it endurable. Whenever you're going through it and you know that, hey, this is the straight path. This is the path that God has put me on. I'm following it. Whenever you have that purpose, it's amazing what you can go through. It's amazing what you can endure whenever you know that God is straightening your paths, that he is straightening your way when you live out your calling. And it all comes back to living life on purpose. And this is what I wanna close us with. All of us, every single one of us, everybody up here on the stage, everybody watching right now, all of us will end up somewhere in life. Why not end up there on purpose? Why not end up there on purpose? Because we're all going somewhere. You may think that you're not really making decisions in life and you're just kind of like letting life happen to you. Letting life happen to you is making a decision. Your apathy is making decisions for you. You may think that you're just sitting back. You are not. By not making decisions, you are making a decision. You're gonna end up somewhere in life. Why don't you end up somewhere that godly wisdom takes you? (laughs) Why don't you end up somewhere that intention in living life on purpose takes you? Why don't you actually live your life as if it's on purpose? Why don't you live your life as if you meant to live it? Because again, the people that you admire in your life, and actually, why don't you put them in the comments? If there's someone that you admire, someone you look up to, someone that you go, man, if my life ends up like them, I know I've done it right. Why don't you put them in the comments? Give them a shout out. It can be someone you know. It can be someone you know, that you don't know. Maybe it's a famous person. Maybe it's Billy Graham, right? You, whoever it is. Put them in the comments. That person right there, that person that you are thinking about, that is someone who lived their life with intention. They lived their life on purpose. They lived their life following godly wisdom, which means they asked the right question. They asked God, what is the wise thing for me to do in this situation? Start asking yourself the right questions. I imagine you wanna end up like that person. I imagine you wanna live a life that once you get to the end of it, you will be thankful you made the, right, the wise choices. So start making the wise choices today. Start asking the right questions. Get your answer and then act. Do what you know you need to do. Because here is the fact of the matter. Who wants to live a life of purpose? Everybody. Everybody. I don't know a single person who wants to reach the end of their life and just go, eh, I lived. (laughs) Like we all want to make a difference. We all want to live a life of purpose. And here's the thing. You will only live a life of purpose if you live on purpose. That's the only way. That is the only way your life will have meaning, that you will make a difference, not just in your own life, but in the people around you, is if you live on purpose. And I wanna tell you, I don't know who needs to hear this, you have no idea what or who hangs in the balance of you deciding to follow God's wisdom in your life. You have no clue. You have no clue the lives that you could impact, the people that you could touch, the ways that you could help people. If you start, just, just as an example, you start following godly wisdom in your financial life. You have no idea the people around you that you could bless, 
People who you hear about a young person uh, who's a family friend and they need a car to be able to get to work and you're able to help out. You're able to help chip in to buy them a car, something to get them to work. You have no idea how you can bless people, how you can be a blessing in the lives of people around you if you start following God's wisdom and bettering your life. I want that for me. I want that for you. If you want that for yourself, bow your head and let's pray together, all right? Father God, we need your wisdom. <laughs> we need your wisdom. We, we know what people on social media say. We know what the hashtag wisdom of this world is and that's not what we want. We want your wisdom, God. We, we don't wanna just know what we can do, what we have the right to do. We wanna know what we should do. So God, help your wisdom become so ingrained on our hearts that it becomes our knee-jerk reaction when a situation or decision comes our way. That we instinctively, immediately know that we should be asking ourselves, okay, with this situation, God, what is the wise thing for me to do? And then that when we get our answer, we would act, we would move. We would do what you say to do, that we would follow your will because we know when we do that, that the path before us will start to straighten out. It'll start to become a whole lot more clear for us what we should do with our life, what our purpose for our life is. And so we can start living every single day with intention and with purpose because God, we know if we do that, not only will we make a difference in our own lives, we will make a difference in the lives of those around us. We will see change, we will be a blessing, and we will see our communities and our neighborhoods and our marriages and our schools and our workplaces change. So God, start that revolution. Start it with us, a wisdom revolution that starts to ask the right question of God, what is the wise thing for me to do? Help us to do that, Father. Help us to be the people that you have called us to be and live the life that we are intended to live. And we will give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise forever. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, if you're making that decision today that, you know what, okay, I've been asking the wrong kind of questions. I've been asking entry-level questions for too long about what's permissible and what am I allowed to do. I wanna start asking God, what's the wise thing to do? If that's you and you want help on what those next steps look like, man, check out Journey Starting Point. Our host is gonna be sharing it. Uh, you can click on the link, go to Journey Starting Point, find out what your next steps look like as you decide to start following godly wisdom in your life and actually applying God's wisdom into all your situations, all your actions, all your thoughts, and all your words. Again, I promise you, you will see your yourself change in no time. You will be a different person by the end of summer. I guarantee that if you start following God's wisdom in your life. So check out Journey Starting Point if that is you. Also, I wanna let you know, man, we are missing you like crazy. Like we are just, we're just missing being together. It's driving us nuts too. We are still working on a plan for trying to get back in person as soon as we can. But in the meantime, I cannot stress, stress this enough please be thinking about how you will get connected again once we do start meeting uh, in person. We have so many people have, who have uh, been ministry partners with us who you've just been out of the loop for a while, right? Like if, if you're a greeter, you're going, okay, well, uh, who do I, should I greet my like wife and kids as they come into the living room to watch this morning? Like what, what do I do? And so 
I want you to start be thinking about how you can get plugged back in once we start meeting again, how you can get right back in and just hit, hit your stride uh, once our services resume. And also be thinking about ways that you can volunteer and serve and be a partner right now. Like you can contact us uh, and we'll get in touch with you about ways that you can serve and you can help out even in the midst of the pandemic that we're going through right now. But uh, again, we miss you guys. We love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today and worshiping with us. You can now receive the blessing of the Lord. May Jesus Christ, our God and our King forever, be with you this day and every day. Amen. Well, that's all for this week. Thanks again for joining us. If you'd like to contact us or find out more about our ministry, head over to our website at cornerstonechurch.info. Have a great week.